1: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more to find coupons and start an instant online estimate visit JiffyLube.com.
0: Hello and welcome to the Ringer Prestige TV podcast. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm here with my cellmate, Shay Serrano. What's up, Shea? What up, baby boy? Oh my God, we're going to talk about May of Kingstown today. It's the Paramount <laughs> Plus show from Taylor Sheridan and Hugh yeah, Dillon. Yeah, we are. Uh, Sorry, Jeremy Renner. It concluded its first season, possibly its only season. I haven't seen anything about a renewal on Sunday. uh, You know, this show kind of flew under the radar. Renner was in Hawkeye at the same time on Marvel, pretty much. So there was a lot of like overlap, a lot of Jeremy Renner on the screen. And it was airing around the same time as Yellowstone was concluding its fourth season. And 1883, these two other Taylor Sheridan shows were launching. And... You know, I checked out this first episode, Shay, when it came out. I was like, man, this is this is pretty hardcore. This is a really, 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 really gritty crime drama. I don't know whether it's going to connect with people. And I, I literally don't know anyone else I'd rather talk about this show with than you. Because you and I share <laughs> a depraved proclivity for jail dramas. And this is the jail drama of all jail dramas. So I remember, Shay, I was texting you. I was like, we checked this out. I was kind of bothering you about it. And then it, it did seem to click with you, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what you felt about the first season. And obviously we're talking about, we're going to get into this entire ep- uh, season on this episode of Prestige TV. So we're going to definitely spoil some stuff. Uh, so if you have not seen it and you think you're going to check it out, just just put a pin in this pod and come back to it. But we're going to, from now on, we're spoiling Mayor of Kingstown. So Shay, what was, what was your vibe with Mayor of Kingstown?
1: We're going to spoil every single thing. My vibe with Mayor of Kingstown was when they started advertising it, I was super fucking pumped about it. Right. Like as soon as you saw the trailer, you're like, all right, let's, let's go. I'm oh, in. Sign me up. So I like to do a thing when the, when the, when there's a show that's coming out that everybody is not going to be talking about every single week, like succession, for example, you can't not watch succession the day that it comes out because yeah, no everybody's chance... going to be
0: talking about it that night.
1: Yeah. There's no chance you could be on the internet after if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, and not have everything ruined. But with this one, no, I didn't see anybody talking about it. So I said, all right, let me, let me bank some episodes.
0: Bro, when are we going to find mayor of Kingstown Twitter? Like-
1: <laughs> I, need, I, I need it. I need access. I need access to that because it's got to be the gnarliest place in the world. But I saw nobody was talking about it. And I said, all right, let me, let me save up like three or four. And so I waited, I waited a month to go watch it. And then I did the thing when you're like kind of watching it, but you're also. Doing something else or on your phone or whatever, and you're just like catching pieces of it, and you're like, "This isn't too bad." All right, cool. And then when you and I started talking about it, I was like, "Oh, all right. Let me go, let me rewatch every episode." Yeah. Leading up to the to the season finale, and when you watch it and you're paying attention to it, it's just so much more fun. Like you, you, this is a show you have to put your phone down and just like, it's not a complicated show. You're not going to miss anything by looking at your phone. But what you like uh, when I say you're not going to miss anything, I mean, you're not going to miss like a plot point. It's yeah. pretty simple to keep up with. But what you do miss is you miss the momentum. Uh, you miss the buildup to a thing. A perfect example is in one of the later episodes, maybe the last, uh, the second to last episode, Jeremy Renner decides he's going to go kill the Gennady from Limitless.
0: He's going to kill the white supremacists who tortured his girlfriend. Yeah. Or tortured his friend. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not watching the show,
1: you miss the whole like, cause he doesn't say anything. He's just like, "Come on, we got to do a thing with a girl in the car," and then they drive, and he's like, "Just tell me if this is the person who did it." And he walks out, and she freaks out, and he just gets out and kills everybody. Yeah. And if you're not watching the show, you miss like, you missed a punch of that. So this is a, this is a show you need to to have your phone away for. But yeah, when I re- when I went through and rewatched it like that, it was just so much more fun. It's very very. Sons of Anarchy,
0: yeah, and I like it, yeah. So the way I would pitch this to people if they haven't seen it, um is that it's Michael Clayton for jail, and that Jeremy <laughs> Renner plays this guy named Mike McCluskey, who is the he's actually not the titular mayor of Kingstown. the mayor of Kingstown was his. well, there is a mayor. We don't really meet him, but there is the mayor of Kingstown in this world of the show is played by Kyle Chandler, his brother. And Mike is kind of like Kyle's right-hand man, but is like, uh, is, is, sorry, is Mitch's right-hand man, but is not really like, I don't think, as uh, beloved as his brother Mitch is. And their yeah. job, essentially, is they work out of this storefront office in Kingstown, which is this uh, Michigan town that is essentially a jail town. It's got a, it's got a prison in town and all the business, all the people who live in the town work at the prison. And their job is, you know, at various points, like I, they've described, they describe themselves as like inmate advocates and stuff like that, but essentially they're, <laughs> they're fixers. So yeah. if something is going wrong inside the prison, they can help with that. If something is going wrong outside the prison, they can fix that. And their job is essentially to keep the peace. So there's the cops. There's the prison guards, there's the warden, there's the politicians, then there's the gangs outside of prison who control the stuff stuff that's happening inside the prison. We mentioned the white supremacists, there's also the Crips, there's Mexican guys, like they're they're trying to like basically keep this, this fragile piece. Essentially, this like you said, Shay, like you can't really look away from this show because if you do, you miss something that while you're watching an episode might feel like a minor plot point or a minor detail. And then it winds up the entire season hinges on it. So we could kind of start from the beginning. I think what Shay and I are going to do, we're going to chat a little bit about the season in general. And then I can't stress this enough to people: this show is fucked up. This show is like <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned, Sons of Anarchy. I, I it, it makes Sons of Anarchy seem pretty tame to me. I, I don't know. You were much more. You were deep in Sons of Anarchy, so you could I tell was me. deep. Do this, you think this it, show is
1: darker than Sons of Anarchy? It's not darker than Sons of Anarchy, but you. But we have to clarify. We're talking about like the last f- three seasons of Sons of Anarchy. The last four seasons, maybe, is when it really went sideways. When they were like, the cartel shows up, right? And they're just throwing human heads around, <laughs> like that kind of that kind of stuff is happening. But Sons of Anarchy, it starts out pretty wicked. It starts out with with uh, with a warehouse fire that like ends up killing um, a few people. Who are locked inside? It's dark. It's dark, but it's this dark. one definitely picks up uh, where Sons of Anarchy left off. And they're just like, we're just going to start here, yeah, and and get deeper.
0: And I think that the the violence and some of the sort of like, I guess the tone I would describe as very Sicario like. You know, like yes. the the attitude of these guys was is essentially of everybody involved in the show is essentially that like we are living in hell and. And, like, there is nothing we can do about it. Everybody is corrupt. Everything is cynical and dark. And what basically Jeremy Renner's character is trying to do is, like, save hell from going overboard into, like, a just complete inferno. He's like, everybody here is completely evil. And, like, everybody here is self interested. So don't ever think that this is about, like, rehabilitating people or doing anything for the community or anything like that. Like, this is just, like, so basically what happens is, Early in the season, you know, everybody who kind of, and I think one of the reasons why this show didn't get written about as much as maybe it should have been or could have been, is that something happens in the first episode that's this huge twist, right? So we can start with this. And I was going to say that this is one of the, we have, Shay and I each have a list of five things that we were like, you can't do that on television. (laughs) Or I can't believe that was on television. And my number one (laughs) one is you killed one of the main characters in the first episode of the show. That's that's my number one. I wrote it down right here in my little notebook. Kyle Chandler dies. (laughs) Kyle Chandler gets executed in the first episode of the show in a botched robbery at his office. And, you know, this is this is pretty bold. Like I we've seen this happen occasionally on shows where there's basically stunt casting. I don't want to give away anything that happens on other TV shows, but you basically have like a big name actor or actress come in and then something happens to them early in the season, which throws people off because they thought, oh, I thought this was a show starring this person. I definitely was not expecting this. (laughs) Mm, And I had been looking forward to watching Renner work with Kyle Chandler. Like, I thought that would be a cool dynamic throughout the season. 100%. But I have to say, like, you know, when you do something like that in the first episode, the coolest thing about it is that then you're like, anything can happen in this show.
1: I was I was so disappointed when that part happens, because prior to that moment, uh, like two or three scenes earlier, they have this this uh, this great scene where Kyle Chandler, um, the the older brother, the one who's in charge of everything, the ch- charming one that everybody loves. Yeah. They like make it a point to be like, look how much everybody likes this guy. Yeah. And then they have Jeremy Renner, who's like the muscle, basically the grunt. You do the work. Uh, I handle all the smart stuff, but they have this really great, they, this really great scene where they're talking on the phone and Kyle Chandler's like, are you by the lake? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, meet me at the beach. And then they're both just standing on the beach and you have Kyle Chandler and Jeremy Renner and the camera's just on them. First face in they that we're looking at their faces. Then we're looking at them from the back and then the faces again. And they're making like some comment and Kyle Chandler makes like a little funny joke about it being a Monday. And when you, when I watched that scene, I said, I fucking can't wait to watch 10 episodes of this, of these two guys. Yeah, working through it. Be- because all of the advertisements for the show, he's in everything. Kyle Chandler's in everything. And you're like, oh, this must be like the thing. It's these two, they're going to work together. And then here we go. They do a really good job of just like keeping you off balance the whole time. The guy shows up to rob the money from Kyle Chandler's office. And Kyle Chandler's like, he he's like specifically says it. I wouldn't put up a fight to save my own money. I'm sure so it's not going to risk my life to save somebody yeah. else's. And then the guy just shoots him in the fucking head. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. But yeah, same as you, as soon as that happened, you're like, well, nobody is off limits. Yes. Not nobody, nobody is safe. And that's a cool feeling to have in a, in a, but I don't, I don't know if it was worth it is the thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, it, it, it's interesting to think of like a do over where, see, cause the thing is, is that it's not like then Mitch Sp- it's not that like then Mike McCluskey, the Jeremy Renner character, spends the rest of the season hunting down who did this to. That's it. what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like this season-long like mystery about like who is this guy? Why did he do this? What was Mitch into that they didn't know about? The 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 Kyle Chandler plotline gets pretty much handled in episode two. You know what I mean? Immediately. Yeah, it's Immediately. pretty much taken care of. So there is almost like this like mini movie that's the first two episodes that is the Kyle Chandler stuff and then that's over. But yeah, like I think that there would have been like a di- it would have been a different show if this had been sort of like these two brothers making their way in the world and dealing with their mom and all this other stuff and you know, shout out to Kyle Chandler for doing the show anyway, like and just, just for showing <laughs> up for like two days work. That lake scene you're talking about is really funny. Greenwald always points this out where it's like it's the Simpsons thing where the dude buys the boat called Live Forever and then dies. Yes. Like, there's definitely a lot of Kyle Chandler being like, "Man, I can't wait to retire." Um, so the the season essentially hinges on a fairly straightforward chain of events. But you're when you're watching it in the moment, especially because of the way the show is kind of shot and the way it's sort of told, it's almost like you're you think that it's going to be episodic, like that. Basically, Mike McCluskey. The Jeremy Renner character is going to like solve a problem every week, and it has elements of that. But essentially, what happens is, and this is going to be the second thing I was going to say was the craziest thing I've seen, or the the just you, I can't believe this was on TV. Is the third episode? So the third episode is one of the wildest things I have ever seen them put on TV. It's titled "Simply Murder," by the it's way. It's titled just "Simply Murder." Title. <laughs> yeah like this is a pretty this is pretty dark, so sorry if if, if, you, if this upsets people, but basically what happens is a kid dies in a meth lab explosion God in the damn. first scene of this episode. And the rest of the episode is essentially Mike against his will, like he's like very, very loath to do this, but Mike going around and organizing like the execution of the meth dealer by a bunch of people inside the prison, by like Mm -hmm. a couple of the gangs. And the cops are Uh like, tell all these guys to take care of this dude when he gets to prison, and we'll look the other way when Mm -hmm. they're dealing drugs or when they need to like get something into the prison. And it's essentially like this unholy alliance made between the prison guards, the cops on the outside, and the gangs on the inside, and the gangs on the outside. And Mike McCluskey's like, this is going to turn out really bad. Because one day they're going to ask the cops for something that the cops don't want to give
1: it's a great scene
0: and it's it's kind of an amazing episode it's fucked up and it's like i can't i don't if you turned this show off when this happened like i i can't blame you but this episode also then sets up basically everything that happens after culminating with the prison riot what did you think of the way that they kind of set up the drama of the season after kyle chandler exits the stage
1: I I like that a lot. I really like the way that you described it as the first two episodes are like a movie of itself. Here, here's what we're gonna do. Here's the guy who's the mayor. Here's his grunt brother. We're gonna get rid of the brother. We're gonna position the grunt as the new mayor of the town.
0: And everybody's skeptical about him. Yeah,
1: that's the first two episodes. That I, I really like episode two when it ends. And the woman comes up to him and he's like decided he's not going to take it over. And she's like, please help me. They said you could help me. And she's like going back and forth. And his brother, Kyle, the good brothers with him, yeah. he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then finally he just turns and he's like, what's her name? And then that's it. And you're like, all right, cool. You took over. That's great." Right. So I really like how you described it as that. But yeah, then the thing happens in, in episode three where the, the, the meth lab fire thing happens and Jeremy Renner's telling him, Hey, don't he's telling all the people in charge, don't do this. I really, uh, the he has this really like heavy line there where he says something like, you're going to have 3000 people who feel like you owe them a favor if you do this. And they're all, and he's talking about all the people in prison, which is really great. But then they do that. And then from there going forward, it does feel like episodic, like they're putting other things in place. And then you realize, Oh, this all started at that moment. Yeah. Everything f- we're building to that. Oh, I, I, liked, I liked it a lot. I liked that they did it like that because what I didn't want to see is I didn't want for every episode to be like, now I have to find a gun. Yeah, and now I have to, you know, I don't want to watch it. I didn't want it that. to be I like every episode
0: smarter. somebody comes to the office and is like, my friend on the, on the inside needs this. Or like, can you help my dad or my uncle with this? I, I wanted it to have a kind of serialized long form story that it stuck to. And they bring in a couple of different elements. There's like Uh, Aiden Gillen plays a character named Milo that we're going to talk about a little bit. And then there's like (laughs) a serial killer plot line that they they bring in. There's a bunch of stuff that they kind of start with and then stop. But for the most part, The rest of the season is Jeremy Renner basically running back and forth, literally, because all the scenes are essentially Jeremy Renner gets a phone call. A guy's like, yo, I need to talk to you. He drives over to see this person. It's either the guy who runs the Crips or the guy who runs the, the sort of Aryan dudes or whoever. And he's basically constantly negotiating between them and the prison guards. And shit just goes so sideways. It goes as sideways as it could possibly go over the course of the season. Um... Episode three is absolutely wild stuff, though. So, like, um, there's there's some great, great Taylor Sheridan dialogue in it. But I just wanted to point out that this is the episode that starts with Rod Stewart's Every Picture Tells a Story is the music <laughs> over the opening montage. And then it ends, honestly, like with the dude getting executed in prison. With the doors the end playing, which is yeah. the music from the end of Apocalypse now, and the end of this episode is essentially the end of Apocalypse now, like when Brando gets killed, it's just like dudes wailing on this guy as for prison justice, and it's the original sin of this season it's just it's just one of the wilder episodes of t v that I've ever seen. it's so okay, two things here. number one, Taylor Sheridan, who
1: I just really enjoy his work yes. because he does he does a thing where he doesn't explain anything. He just drops you in. Like, this is what, this is what made Sicario so good, because he drops you into this world. Um, you're with Emily Blunt, and she's trying to figure out what's going on, and you're right there with her trying to figure out what's going on. There's no scene where they, like, pull you aside, and you're like, okay, t- and, they, and then they, they explain stuff. That's what's going on here. Like, you get a little tiny bit of it because it's TV, you sort of have to, but mostly they're just not explaining it. Like, you don't even realize until halfway through the season that that Jeremy Renner was like in the white supremacy neo Nazi yeah. gang. Yeah. Like uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just they there are little pieces there that when you go back and rewatch it, you go like, oh, that makes sense. But at the time, you miss it. So there's there's that going on. All the
0: lingo that they use, especially in episode yeah. three, they start really breaking it out where it's like this dude's going to go, it's all about like what part of the prison they're going to put this guy in. And like, there's a normal way, like he would go to County and then he would go to protective custody. And, but the, but the prison guards are like, no, we're going to put him in the gym or an ad seg. Like it's all this like, yeah. And they never stop to explain what's happening. You just kind never. of understand, oh, they're going to expose this kid. This guy, so that he gets got when he gets into prison. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So there's that going on.
0: Yeah. What's one of the things that you think are like is like a like a one of the you I can't believe this is on TV moments.
1: Well, so the the kid is the is was another one on my list that yeah. was in my 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 number five spot it, because it's one thing to like in the scene you see the guy who the kid is in the trailer he's playing the mom is on the couch and the guy is like running around frantic and it's clear that this is like a a meth lab, or he's got the supplies there. And then the guy accidentally sets a cigarette down and forgets about it and he leaves. And then once it ashes the weight of it away, it flips backwards off of the table and next to the acetone and then there's this giant explosion. So they show that happen. And that's one thing. You've seen that in TV shows before. Sure. But then they show when, they, when the police are there at the scene and you hear one guy and he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And yeah. then you look and there's a shot of the body of the child, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, like Bird. if you put like yeah. a fire to to a spider and his legs curl in, like the kid looks like that and he's charred and there's flames still like, he's like a campfire that hasn't quite gone out yet. And they show it to you. They show you a cooked eight-year-old boy and you're just like, what the... Fu-? And that's in the first few minutes and they don't even freak out about it. They're just like, well, that's the thing that happens here. You know but they're saying? like, and they're like, now it's on. That, yeah, um, Kyle Chandler dying in the first scene. That I mean, the first episode was the f- when my hands were on my head. I was like, oh fuck, everybody's everybody's in danger. But this was the moment where they're like, we're gonna show you some fucking hardcore stuff on Paramount. Paramount. They <laughs> I did <know>. like <laughs> they did the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. That's who we're talking about. And they're like, well, guess what? Here we go.
0: Um. So I have another one that kind of plays into a lot of what happens in episodes two and three, and then this guy plays a character, a very a relatively important character, but he's kind of on the side throughout the season, and that's the the leader of of the Kingstown SWAT team, Robert. Yes.
1: Oh God, this guy.
0: I had never heard of this Fucking dude Terminator. Um, I think his name is is Hamish Headley, is the actor, and so yeah, he plays this character named Robert, who is essentially like on a kill squad like they this guy basically like quote unquote serves warrants but most of the people he serves warrants to he like winds up killing he is a veteran that is essentially like a like an armed he's like an arm of the police department that is is, is essentially there for like military activity but this actor that they found he's got like this broken nose look And he, like like, the way he kind of carries himself and everything is just so, uh, so charismatic and so like, it seems very real. It just, I definitely believe that this guy came back from Afghanistan, brought a lot of like his military training into this job and is like also like working through some of his own demons. And it's just amazing. It's like a really amazing little character that's just off on the side. And that's something this show does really well is like almost every character is, is interesting.
1: Yeah. It feels like you could, you could do three episodes with just him if you want to do. Like, what's this guy's home life like? How does he process this? They have the, the scene when they go find the guy who kills Kyle Chandler in the beginning and they walk in and they find him on a couch. And here's, here's where, where his name is uh, Sawyer in the show, I think. Um, Sawyer is like, they walk in, they've got all their guns pointed to him. It's like seven people. Mm-hmm. And he tells the guy, Hey, pick up that gun right there. And the guy picks it up real slow and he's like, no, no, grab it. Like you're going to shoot it. And he grabs a handle and he's like, now raise it to the sky, to the ceiling. And he does it. And he's like, now slowly bring it down to, toward me. And the guy knows what's going to happen. You can see it on his face and he slowly starts to do it. And then they just da, 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 light him up. And then he just goes, thank you. And then they walk out. It's like, what the f- Like, what the
0: fuck? What the <laughs> fuck? So that, that whole element of it, it's like, I want to get into this a little bit with you because I think people might hear us talking about this and they're like, wow, it sounds like these dudes are pretty like jacked up on like all this, on all this violence. And obviously there's an element of that, just like there is in Sicario of it. But like Sicario, I think that the reason why I respond so much to Taylor's work is because it's never just one thing. Like, it's never just like, isn't it cool that like the police are armed like this and just can dole out justice it's not like a a fantasy about like the military state he actually is like a lot of the characters voice a lot of opposing viewpoints about prison about violence about justice about whether or not like anybody can truly be redeemed and i think that it's use it's worthwhile worth noting that like nothing on this show happens without somebody saying like this is this shouldn't be this shouldn't be the way we do things yeah. like this is yeah. fucked up
1: yeah i same as you i i, I always like that about about taylor's stuff uh i think sicario is the easiest example when there's like a bunch of if you're just watching it sort of glossy-eyed there's a bunch of cool shit that happens you get benicio del toro just running around being cool as shit uh, josh is in there being cool as shit emily uh daniel kaluuya so there's like a bunch of cool people doing yeah. interesting things But really, when you like pay attention to the show, it's like he's, it's like he's taking the top off of it and being like, look at all of this rot. Mm -hmm. There's rot inside here. And that's the same thing that he's doing with Kingstown. He's like, these are the people who, who have to be here because of how rotted everything is. And if they weren't here, I don't know if it would be better or worse, but it would be different. And that's what the show feels like all of the, all of the time. Every single time you're like, man, just fucking do a nicer thing or a better thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they, they don't they never they never do but they don't celebrate it jeremy renner is never like
0: it has to be this way yeah cause... no one's ever like you did it mike you're the best you know yeah, like never yeah every and i don't think that the show itself while it indulges in violence and it indulges in sort of i think a really like hyper masculine point of view i don't think it's like endorsing it you know what I mean? I don't think they're like this. If only guys like Mike McCluskey or Robert the SWAT guy could like run the world, we'd be in a better place. Like, it's not like that. They're just like, th- this is like the reality of the story we're telling, but we're we're acknowledging that this is, this is all pretty fucked up. Um, what's another uh, thing that you couldn't believe was on TV? All
1: right. I couldn't believe Kyle Chandler gets killed in the first episode. I couldn't believe they showed a cooked eight-year-old Child. I,
0: I could not believe that either. I,
1: could, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't even look at it. Um, my next one, slightly different vibe. I couldn't believe I was watching Jeremy Renner make friends with a bear. That's a thing <laughs> that happens in the show. He makes friends with a wild bear. Like buddies. They become friends. Turner and hooch style. It's a amazing. bear. Yeah. A bear. Who he feed, <laughs> he feeds French fry grease. French fries and bacon grease. Yeah. And he just throws it out there. And then he waits and then the bear shows up every few episodes. I would, I, I, so the, there are very few lighthearted moments in this show, like at all. It's just not that. It's not what that, there's no like funny, like in the, when you watch a wire every once in a while, there's like a funny thing that happens and you feel good for a second. It never happens in Kingstown. The closest you get to it is in the, at the very end when the, the woman who Mike has rescued, the, the high end escort, He's now stashed her away in his cabin in the woods that nobody knows about, and she's there, and the bear shows up, and she does. And now, as a viewer, you're like, "Oh, it's the bear! It's Mike's friend. It's Mike's
0: friend, the bear."
1: (laughs) But she doesn't know that. She just sees a fucking bear walk out. She's terrified. She's hiding in the house, holding a knife, crying to herself. And you're just like, "Oh, that's don't worry about it. It's cool. It's it's Mike's buddy. It's fine. It's fine."
0: So I would say that the one other like lighthearted. Mildly lighthearted part of this show is the interactions between Jeremy Renner's character and a guy named uh, Bunny who runs the Crips out of uh, out of like the front lawn of some projects. And this guy is played by um, an actor named Toby uh, Bantefa. and I really enjoyed all of their scenes together. And their scenes together uh, actually wind up leading to my other th- like I can't believe this is happening moment, which is. Jeremy Renner temporarily adopting a black hockey player.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and just Taking him
0: to his hockey match. Cause this kid is, is uh, like the cousin or the nephew of, of bunny and bunny's like, I need you to do me a favor. Take this kid to go play hockey. Like I never leave here, but like his father's a fuck up or something. Go take him to go play hockey. And he goes and takes this kid to go play hockey. And the kid gets like into a hockey fight and all the other hockey dads are like taunting him and stuff. And Jeremy Renner just goes ape shit and goes winds up like nuts. fighting the entire goes hockey nuts. arena. And then afterwards is like I'm bringing back half of the Irish mob. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and your I'm just like, games are be as way a father now. of
0: Sun Shay, like you have to like what? Like maybe you could get Mike McCluskey to t- start taking your kids to sporting I would, events.
1: Uh, I would love that. I would love if Mike was available. You just feel so safe. He straight up
0: fought like twenty guys. Yeah. The best part about it is Loki. He's also smoking at the hockey game.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then he uses the cigarette to like. Burn
0: the guys in the face! You're like
1: goodness gracious, goodness gracious!
0: Yeah, so I really enjoy that. And I also like the fact that, like, as he's taking the kid home, there's no lesson. He's like, "No, next time I'm bringing the Irish mob." Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's a perfect little example of what the show does when it gets bad. There's nothing to be learned. You just have to get badder. That's all we're gonna do. That's it. Um,
0: what's another one for you?
1: Yeah, another. So another one of the. the I just couldn't believe that I was watching this. Is when you see the people who made this show. You have Coach Eric Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's I'm in. You have Jim from the town. Yep. I'm in. You have the the guy who directed Training Day, Antoine Fuqua, one of the EPs. I'm yeah. in. And then you have the guy who made Sicario and Heller High Water and Yellowstone and like I'm in. Like w- just to know that those four people were in on this show. What else do you want? I couldn't believe when I saw the list of names on here. I just got so excited. I felt like when I was watching the trailer for like Smoking Aces or something when I was in college. I'm like, this is all the people.
0: This is all the people at just once. Just the roster <laughs> in general you were excited about. Yo, the so roster. That, yeah. the, the, the one person you didn't mention, which I thought we should mention, and it, they kind of set this up more for a season two thing, is Milo or Milo He's he's referred to who is this, I think, either Slavic or Russian gangster who's living, who's in a prison in Kingstown and but still Russian. has like a mob on the outside. And he's the yeah. one who's basically trying to entrap Mike McCluskey with this girl, Iris. Um, And then his money is what got stolen from the Kyle Chandler character. It's all very complicated to get into and they don't really explain everything. There's also like, that's where the weird subplot about the 26 dead bodies in a field comes up for like an episode. We haven't even talked about which that. Which we didn't even get into, but that's like apparently the work of a serial killer. I don't understand how that bus got buried. I don't understand like all the parts about that. Cause they pretty much they'd start with that and then the next episode, they're pretty much onto the prison riot.
1: Yeah, they're just done. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Don't worry about that part. The but what did you think bodies? of
0: Milo as like the big, the big bad?
1: I I like them because I like Aiden. Aiden Gillen, um, I think he's, he's like a fun character to watch on TV or in movies. Like he gets, he's, he's not afraid to be like campy on purpose with it. Uh, I really liked, uh, he doesn't like do much for the whole time. You see him barely talking. Uh, You don't see him like even moving until the last episode when the, when the riot is going on and he's just sitting there while the riot starts out and then they got the keys yeah and they're he's trying like, to and he, the, he knows which yeah. every
0: key which key does what yeah
1: yeah the guy's trying to open the door and he's just like it's the blue one and the guy's like how do you know and he goes i pay attention and then that's it that's all. and then the guy does the key and it opens the door and then he tells him hey there's a use the black key in the thing over there and you can get yeah. some guns and then he just joins up joins up i thought he was fun it'll be cool to to see him do a little a little more in there, but I think it's that's an interesting part of the show is you're watching all of this like terrible shit happen, and there's no like central bad guy out in the world, yeah, facilitating it. No, because they sort keep of, killing
0: all of them, <laughs> yeah. <it's> just <laughs> happening, like fuck, they never run out. So that leads me to uh basically my final I can't believe this is happening, which is just the two-episode prison riot. Um what a what a moment. Which kind of like sees a lot of what Shay and I have been talking with about converge into one place. So essentially. This tension has been building and building. There have been some like incidents in the prison. There's still this like feeling that the prison guards and the cops have reneged on their side of this bargain, where they asked the, the various gangs to kill this one inmate, but now are not kind of coming through with some of the um, concessions that they were supposed to make to the to the inmates. And then it all pops off where uh, a guard gets killed, and then a riot starts afterwards. And you're like, oh, wow, they're going to do a prison riot. And they do the prison riot of all prison riots. It takes two (laughs) episodes. It is super gnarly. It's orchestrated by this character named Paul, who's like essentially like, I'm never getting out of here, but like, this is my revolution. You know, he's like, I understand. And like, I'm like, I'm like basically the message that you can't treat people like dogs and expect them to behave like humans. And, you know, it's pretty harrowing. Like it's, it's one of the more graphic violent depictions of this kind of thing that I think I've ever seen on screen. You've also got this like subplot of Mike McCluskey's detective brother is like stuck inside the prison and is kind of blinded and he's rescued by Robert, <laughs> the SWAT guy. Who, this is the thing where I was just like, this is wild to me is Robert goes up to him. he like shoots his way into the prison, rescues these two cops who have been stranded inside of it. And is like, I can basically get you out of here right now, like the way I came in, but we're going to go out like the front door shooting, because if you don't, you'll like never forgive yourself. And as like, I'm just saying, if I was like in a prison riot and a guy was like, there's the quick way or the hard way, I'd be like, <laughs> let's me take the quick way and I'll <laughs> worry about my levels of regret later on in life. <laughs> Do you know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> Yes, I do. I know exactly. I felt the the same way when he tells them, "You're gonna regret this." No, the fuck I won't. Give me out. You see, I'm not doing so great right now. I'm in tears. I'm dead. Just yeah. get me out of here. What are we? What are we doing? You know, we haven't talked about is is uh, Van Peebles. Oh yeah, the, the, the prison guard. Oh, the, the prison Peebles, guard. Yeah. So okay, so we mentioned earlier the thing Tyler Sheridan does where he doesn't explain anything, and this is a perfect. Example of that. So the uh, in the opening episode, this young guard, who's like the nephew of an older guard, he gets trapped by, by uh, he gets tricked into mailing a letter. That's all we know. They're like, oh, they got him. He mailed a letter. And you're like, what? I don't even know what that means. And then you find out later on, they this is like a scam that they run on the guards where they try to talk you into mailing a thing out. Yeah. And then this you mail it This is complicated.
0: Out. I've, I've, I had to watch this a couple of times to understand.
1: Yeah. I didn't catch it until the second time. And then they mail it out, and and then you you realize inside the envelope was like drugs. Basically, it's like money coated in drugs, and then they use that to blackmail you because you you traffic narcotics. In, yeah, yeah. Um, and but every time they show that guy. On the screen, he's like fucking up like every single time he's doing the wrong thing. Every single time it got to the, to uh, the point where it, like the near the end of the season when they start showing him again, you're like, but some bad shit is about to happen right now. And sure, and sure enough, he gets caught up again. He thinks everything's great. They move him over to the women's prison and then he just gets fucking super hustled
0: out of his own life. It's crazy, dude. It's the, so crazy. So the, my favorite part of the show, I think. Is the way it depicts how many things in this particular system and the the in, you know the prison industrial complex hinge on like belief in the thinnest of things, like lines. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner's character talks about this a lot, especially in that episode that Shay and I referred to, episode three. And then later on, too, like when they were kind of dealing with the fallout from it, where he's like, he's speaking on behalf of the guards, where he's just like. This is just a job to these dudes. Like, these dudes don't care if you deal drugs. They don't care if you beat each other up. They don't care if you make meth in your cell. It's just a job. But if you fuck with them, you give them a reason to care. And he's like, just don't give them a reason because then then it's like you'll never see the daylight again for the rest of your life, essentially. And on the flip side, (laughs) it's like the inmates are like, this whole thing... Is just because like we allow it to happen because we outnumber you, we're stronger mm-hmm. than you, and mm-hmm. we have less to lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And essentially, mm-hmm. like we're given this depiction of the guards where a lot of the guards are like out of shape. They're coming from like pretty sad homes, like they're like, they're basically like trying to scrape together overtime. Like they're not, you know, like all this stuff. And it's just like a really, really harrowing kind of portrait of like, man, this whole thing is like barely hanging together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. the When you walk away from the season, it's clear that that the people who created this show, part of the reason they created it is to be like, hey, prison doesn't work. Prison as it stands right now does not work. This is not, it's just making things worse. They do a really good job in that movie Shot Caller of like establishing the same thing. When they, when one of the when the they inmates is at talking, one point
0: they refer to Jeremy Renner it was was a shot caller on the yard. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I thought, thought of you. I was like, Shane must have just done a, a fucking end zone dance.
1: <laughs> my ear, my ears went up. But yeah, in the movie Shot Caller, the one of the inmates explains he's like, they just work here, we live here, and and they just lay it out bare like that. And the same thing in in Kingstown's like, anytime you get dropped inside the prison, it's just like there's threats from every single angle. There's no, there's no safe Harbor anywhere yeah. in there. Like yeah. not at all, not at all. Um, all right. The last thing that I have for the thing I couldn't believe I was watching is I figured you were going to go broad with the two episode prison riot, which was outstanding. So I went specific within the two episode prison riot. We watched a and an uncountable number of people just get shot dead just, just murdered dead. yeah dead and just
0: shot dead murdered it would, it would be one of the most horrific things to ever happen in america if this like what, like i i understand that there have been upheavals at prisons before this would have been like having like a fucking small war that's exa- and that's what they do in the show. They have the helicopter
1: come in and they're doing like a newscast and he's like, it w- they describe some previous riot and they're like, up until today when this happened. Yeah. And then as he's talking, they start shooting at the helicopter, the prisoners. And He's like, oh, fuck. Um, okay. But so the thing I couldn't believe that I was watching is there's a part in there when one of the inmates, just a, just a nameless person, you've never seen this guy before in the show ever before. Um. But this is after, after that guy Robert Sawyer has like gotten his team in position and they're about to come up out of this, like the underground into the prison to take over. And this guy doesn't even know that they're down there, but he opens a door that like leads down. And right when he opens it, they're all standing right there and just, they shoot like a hundred times. But the shot that you get of it happening is we're watching it like, we're in the room with the inmate, so you just yeah. see his back. His, his
0: whole back just goes. Yeah,
1: just gets Swiss cheese like a hundred. Like there's a point so where many. the
0: SWAT guys are trying to. They're going down a hallway to go outside finally, and yes. they just like there's just like 10, 10 to twenty inmates try to jump in, and they're just like they just shoot all of them. It's just it's so violent. <laughs> it's so much just watching because it's like, dude, it's.
1: I don't even know how to say it. When you watch somebody get shot on TV or in a movie, it's like a second long. Yeah,
0: this Boom. is very,
1: very long. It's like eight seconds. <laughs> Imagine getting shot for eight seconds. Just,
0: what, did you, what did you think of the character fuck. Paul, the one who's like, or, like orchestrating this entire thing?
1: Oh, I liked him. Yeah,
0: he was he's, cool.
1: He's, he's, he's a cool looking guy. He's scary. He has a great line about the whole like, we're sending a message and the message is me. Yeah. Or whatever, and you're like, yeah, and yeah. Then he immediately dies after that. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I thought he, I thought he was great. Um, But man, watching that guy's back get blown out like that,
0: I know that whole that like that, and like when they like have all the guards like in, on basically on crucifixes, it's just wild. I thought, I thought
1: after I watched when they when they kill the guy in the prison, the the guy who blew up the trailer by accident with the kid and the Mom, in there, and then when you see his murder scene, because he gets killed like five times, he just goes from station to station, and they're all taking turns killing them. But they do the thing where they like all have shanks, and they run up on him, and they're like, like just stabbed him a hundred times or whatever. They do the
0: overhead shot, and all the knives are like like
1: around him. Yes, yes, yes. When I saw that, I was like, well, I'm good. I'm gonna be okay (laughs) for the. Um, like I, nothing else that's going to happen in here is going to be as bad as that. I know this but is the man.
0: problem is we watch stuff it's like just... this. And then when we watch like free guy, we're like, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, we can wrap it up there, man. I, I, I hope they do a second season of this show. Cause I think that there's a lot of really good stuff to do with it, but I wonder whether or not like they would learn stuff from making the first season that they could take into the second season and make it even tighter, um, make it even better. And yeah, I just thought it was like, honestly, it's my favorite Jeremy Renner performance since Hurt Locker. So, or maybe The Town. Like, it's so good. I think he's so excellent in this role. And he does the Sheridan dialogue really well. So I hope that they I hope that they make more. Um, I'm not sure what kind of audience it got. It's definitely like, it's, it's not for the the weak hearted. No, it's not. I don't even know Bring if it's it for, like, the strong-hearted. <laughs> it's, not for, it's not for anybody. Like, I, I don't think. It's I, just there. This is one of these things where it's like you get to the end and you're like, I can't in good conscience recommend this to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should go watch Abbott Elementary. Yeah, don't watch him. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you so much to Sasha, who essentially was in prison with us today to record this podcast. And uh, <laughs> she produced us today. And we will uh, we will be back with more Prestige TV Pods. This week, uh, I know that there's some Station Eleven stuff for me on a bunch more playing. Thanks so much for listening.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm.